morning. Good morning. <laughs> that was weak. Good morning. Thank you. Man, you don't have to be so boisterous. Um, hey, we're talking about baptism today, and uh, as, as Ryan said just a few moments ago, we're going to have like a tiny sermon. They call them sermonettes or something like that. We're just going to spend a few moments together talking about baptism, and then we're going to celebrate off-the-chart baptism today. It's going to be great. So if you are here for the first time, welcome. This is kind of an abnormal service. We don't normally... Uh, have small sermons, but uh, a lot of you are going, praise Jesus. He's talking for a short period of time. So <laughs> it'll be really short today. And as we talk about baptism, uh, if you have been raised in church, uh, maybe you've been, you know, that's, that's a normal thing for you. It, 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 when it comes to baptism, it might seem normal, you know, to be sprinkled or, or dunked or drowned or whatever it is, you know, to, to just have this take place. It seems like a normal thing. It's just kind of what you do when you're in church. But if you have not been to church, you know, and you haven't grown up in church, it just kind of seems weird, doesn't it? It just does. Take off your, your Christian hat for a minute, or if you, you know, you've been to church, just take it off and just think about baptism. It's weird. It, it seems kind of weird. And, and, and if you're on the outside of baptism, not really understanding it, or you haven't belonged to church or something like that, kind of looking into this deal, it feels kind of cultic, doesn't it? And so I, I think most of the world kind of seems baptism like this. Here's a gal who just got uh, baptized, got a picture of her. She, not on this time around, but uh, recently, uh, within the last 10 years, I think. And so, she, this is a before picture of uh, the baptism. Notice the dramatic change after. Here's an after picture. Yeah. So, I think, I think most of the world looks at baptism and thinks, well, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of it. I mean, I don't see a whole lot of change. But, but what is baptism really? And so, in the next few minutes... Uh, we're going to just talk about this, this topic briefly and just kind of ask some of the questions like, why do we do this? Um, what, what is significant about this practice, uh, practice of, of baptism? So here, here's the deal. Uh, back in March, if you were here in March, we did a, we did a series on, um, on this, uh, a lot of different questions uh, concerning what we do in the church. We called the series, What's Up With That? Anybody remember that? Good, I'm glad we did that series. <laughs> okay, and one of, the, one of the talks in that series we, we entitled... Um, movie stars and swimming pools. And we talked about, like, why do we put people up on the screen for baptism? Why do we go to a swimming pool? So we talked all about this. Now, here's the deal. If you did not go to that service back in March, you can go out into the lobby today and just for free, just pick up a CD and you can listen to it because it'll expand so much more than I can expand right now on this topic. But, but in March, we learned a couple things about baptism. And here's what we talked about. We talked about the fact that baptism is an extraordinary, an extraordinary deal. Anytime somebody in the New Testament came to faith in Christ or kind of had their aha moment and, and put their faith in Jesus Christ, they were baptized. And, and, and there was something significant that happened, and, and it was significant in the early church as it is today. And, and it's kind of like communion. Jesus, he gave two directions or, or directives, and he said, you need to do communion. And we talked about that in here. Why do we do communion? It's to remember him. And he said, and you need to be baptized. All right, and we get that from the book of Matthew. He was, he was standing on a hilltop. His disciples were there, and it was right before he descended back to heaven, and he told them uh, two things in Matthew 28. He said, listen, go tell people about me and baptize them. Tell, tell people about me and then baptize them. So it was a directive that, that Jesus gave, gave to us, and so as the, the modern church and church all throughout history, we say Jesus commanded it, so we say yes, sir, and we do that. But why do we do that? What is the significance 
of this act of baptism because looking from the outside in, it does look kind of weird. It does kind of, kind of seem bizarre that we do this, this practice of baptism. So, in order to kind of help this conversation, I want you to imagine with me, all right? Kind of put on your imaginary elementary hats and let's, let's think for a second here that you are a, you're a guy or a gal in a first century uh, setting and your, your mama, she was, uh, she was a Greek and your dad was Roman and you were raised in a culture where it wasn't just about one God, it's about lots of different gods, like lots of different Greek gods. So Zeus and, and Shu and Athena and all these different gods that were part of the culture and the arts of that time. And, and, uh, and, and, and so that's how you were raised. Well, let's pretend for the sake of this imaginary trip here that you were a merchant and your job took you to Jerusalem to do business with, with the Jewish people that lived in that area. And so, um, but, but a little bit more background about you, you know, even though your mom is Greek and your dad's Roman, that's just kind of cultural type stuff. Maybe you didn't really put a lot of lock, stock, and barrel in that belief because the system of, of Greek gods and Roman gods is just kind of a loose system anyways. It wasn't, it was kind of, uh, it wasn't too tight. And so it really didn't matter much for your life. But as you were working in Palestine, you were working with these Jewish people and you're doing business with them as a merchant. And you, and you discover something about these Jewish people that, that they don't actually worship a lot of different gods. They worship one God. And then they call him Yahweh. And, and you learn more about these people that they're fairly oppressed and they're overtaxed. But in spite of all of that, they are deeply devoted to God, to Yahweh. And they're committed to their families and they're committed to righteousness. And, and, and they're conservative in nature. And so you start to inquire over a period of time as you're working with these Jewish people. And you begin to ask questions because this whole concept of one God is, is, is new. It's a new concept. And you start to, to think about it. And in your heart, perhaps it starts to make some sense. And maybe you start even reading their literature. And that time, the, 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 the literature, the, the Bible, the portions of the Bible would be translated into Greek and maybe even Aramaic as you spoke that. And you start reading this. And over time, you become more and more fascinated with what these Jewish people believe. And maybe you start asking the question, is it possible for me a non-Jew, I'm a Gentile, is it possible for me to become Jewish, become part of this faith? Because I believe that there's something to this. I believe that, that there, this one true God, it, 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 is, it is real. I believe that it's affecting my heart and that he is the way, that I need to have some faith in him. How, how would I do that? And what they would do at that time is they would take you to the temple. And you'd go tromping down to the temple and you'd have a conversation with the guys down there. And they would tell you everything about, about what you would need to do to convert to Judaism. And they, they, would, they would tell you lots of different things. And, and so let's, let's start with the most difficult thing first. <laughs> circumcision. So they would say, you would probably need to be circumcised. And you might say, okay, let me think about that. You know, I'll get back to you on that one. Maybe this isn't all what it's cracked up to be. And then, and they would say, you know, you need to submit to the law of Moses. And you're like, hey, that's cool because I've been reading it, you know, and I'm down with that. And, and it's changing my life. And they, they would say, okay, then you need to have a ceremonial meal, a big ceremonial meal with food and, 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 and to celebrate what's happening in your life. And they would say, good, good, because like food, I would do that. And then they would say, you need to make a sacrifice at the temple. Good, I'm down with that. But then they would, they would finish by saying, this is how you would convert to Judaism and, and convert to worshiping the one true God. You would need to have a ceremonial washing of your body to symbolize this rebirth. And that, and that was a normal thing to, 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 to symbolize this, this rebirth. And the, and the word that they used was baptizo. Right? And this word, by the way, it was a common everyday word. It was something that they used all the time. We only say bap 
baptized, because that's where we got it, right? We only see baptized in church. You, you, you never use that word outside. You, you would never say that. I baptize my Oreo into the milk. You just don't use it, right? <laughs> but we use the word that is the transliteration of that, which is washing, right? We say that. Washing. I will wash my clothes. If you're from Washington, you would say, I would wash my clothes, right? You wash the dog, your goat, whatever, and, and that's baptizing, baptizo. The deal, though, is that when, when the, the, the Greek and, and the Hebrew was translated, the Aramaic translated to English, that word baptizo was translated as baptize. And so as we read the Scripture, we know that that word baptize, it's not a religious word. It means to wash, to dip, to dunk, to, 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 to be cleaned. And so that's what would happen. You'd go to the temple and do that. That's where this baptism came from. And so for 2,000 years, Christians have been doing this to identify with, with being washed as a symbol of their commitment and their love to Jesus Christ, to, to the one true God. And so, again, if you weren't here last March, I would really, really ask you to go out to the lobby and just grab the message that, that we, uh, we taught on last March. It's called, What's Up With That? And they... And, and you can learn a little bit more about this. But before we move on to our, our baptism celebration this morning, I just need to remind you there are several things that baptism commutes, uh, 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 communicates symbolically. So as we look at this act of baptism, as you see it on the screen today, there, there are three things that should jump out to you symbolically. And the first thing is, is that baptism symbolically is always, always a sign of identification. All right? So when Bap John the Baptist was baptizing people, uh, people were baptized agreeing with what he was teaching. When, when you were non-Jewish, Gentile, and baptized into Judaism, you were agreeing with what the Jews believed. It's, it, it's a sign of identification. So in other words, the central message to baptism is this. I'm going public. <laughs> I'm going public with my faith. I'm, I'm, I'm understanding what, what, I'm, what I'm agreeing to, what I'm believing in, and I'm going public. It's not, it's not saying, well... I've been kicking around in church for a while, and, you know, I've been a believer for a long time, and so maybe I should get baptized because I'm one of the last people to do that. It's not saying that. It's not saying, I guess it's the next step that I should take. It's not saying that. It is, it is a dead serious commitment. It is saying that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life, that I identify that God is the one true God, and I want to publicly come out before you guys and say, I'm in. I'm totally in. I am connected. I'm hooked up with God. All right? So it's a symbolic sign of identification. Here's what it also is. It's a symbolic sign of death and resurrection. Romans chapter 6, verse 4 kind of paints this picture for us, lets us uh, kind of understand this. Here's what it says. When we were baptized, baptizoed, we were buried with Christ. And so the, the symbol there is that as we go down underneath the water, as we are baptized... We are buried in this watery tomb. We're buried with Christ, and we share in His death. If you stay down too long, you become intimate with that, right? It's, it's, just, it's a symbol of saying, I'm dead. I'm dead to myself. Well, it goes on to say in Romans chapter 6 here, so just as Christ was raised from the dead by the wonderful power of the Father, we also can live a new life. So as we come up, identifying, 
that my old life is gone, that, that who I was before, all that stuff that I've done, my past life, everything that I've done and I'm, not, I'm ashamed of or the stuff I'm not proud of or the faults I have or the things that I've done, Jesus Christ paid for that, right? That's the whole topic of sin. Jesus Christ spread his arms on the cross and he paid for that because if Jesus Christ was not raised from the dead, it does not matter. It didn't matter. But because of his death on the cross, raised again, symbolically in baptism, were raised to life through Jesus Christ. How do I know? 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, talks about this new life. It says it this way. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a, has a new life. I'm sorry, I'm not even reading. Let me start again. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. The new life has begun. That's the symbol of baptism. It's identification. It's, it's dying to ourselves with Christ. It's being raised again to life. It's symbolic of being cleansed through what Jesus Christ did on the cross. Now, I need to draw a line in the sand and say, okay, that's what it is. Here's what baptism is not, according to God's word. Baptism is not, it does not symbolize, it's not a part of the salvation process. Listen really closely here. It is not a part of the salvation process. In other words, as I'm being baptized, it doesn't do anything for me. I think sometimes people are confused with that, and they think, well, man, my life is a wreck, and I need to do this, and I have all this guilt and this stuff, and I don't feel good about it, and I feel disconnected from Jesus, and, and all of this stuff, and if I just got baptized, my life would be better. Have you heard people say that? Biblically, that's not true. It, 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 it might be a part of, of your story, but baptism is a response to what God has done in your heart. It's a response to what He's already done. Salvation already takes place. Salvation is me coming to Jesus Christ and saying, I need you. I need you. I need your forgiveness on the cross. I need your grace. My response is baptism. I'm not saved through baptism. How do I know that? There's two great examples in the Bible. You may have heard this. There's one example where there's a thief hanging on the cross next to Jesus, right? Remember this guy? He's hanging there. And, and, and if you're hanging, if you're crucified, you probably had to do something pretty bad, you know, just more than stealing your, your neighbor's newspaper is probably pretty bad. And he's hanging there on the cross and he looks over to Jesus and I'm paraphrasing here. He said, truly, you are the son of God, truly. And he identifies, he goes, oh man, you are the Messiah. Will you remember me today? Remember me. And what is Jesus's response? Yeah, no can't do. You didn't get baptized. You didn't go through, you know, the confirmation class. You didn't sign up for, you know, this and that. You, I'm, just, I'm sorry, it didn't work out, you know. He didn't say that. What's he saying? Paraphrase again. I'm just paraphrasing scripture. He said, where I'm going, you're going with me. Your faith today is enough. See, baptism doesn't save you. Otherwise, why did Jesus get baptized? Okay, I can't wrap my, wrap my head around that. So, so Jesus comes up and he sees John the Baptist early in the Gospels and he says, baptize me. And John's like, I don't want to do that. No, baptize me. And he baptizes him. Wait, I thought Jesus was perfect, was he? Can we agree on that? Yeah, yeah, he was. And so baptism doesn't save you. It's a part of the process maybe of your story. It's a response to what God has already done. All right, here's something else. And I got to end on this because they're going to kill me for taking too long. But the other deal is this, is that baptism is not, it is not, it is not about joining a church. Did you hear that? It is not about joining a church. So if you're, if you're hanging out here at K2 and like, well, I haven't been baptized at K2 or I want to I become a part of K2, this is not what baptism is about. Baptism 
is about being a part of the body of Christ and experience the grace that God has given you. It has nothing to do with membership. So maybe earlier on in your life, you, you thought, well, I was ready to join a church, and this just seemed like the next step, and I guess I should do this because everyone else is doing it, or whatever. Wrong. That's not what the Scripture says. Baptism is about having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I keep saying this because I want to make sure that we're real clear on this. It's about having a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's about going public with that declaration, saying, I belong to God. I belong to God. I belong to Him. He is my Lord. It's this outward symbol, an outward symbol of an inward reality. So today, we are going to celebrate. I, this is my fa- one of my favorite days. I say that pretty much every Sunday. But this is one of my favorite Sundays that we do have. Because I'm like, whoo! I just feel like scream. You'll probably hear me in the back. You'll be annoyed by me. I just I feel like screaming and celebrating what, what is happening today. Because you're going to see people up here on the screen that are here, that are here today, sitting next to you, in the rows with you, that are saying publicly, publicly, I am going out. I, I am going public with the fact that Jesus Christ has changed my life. And I, I want everybody to know. I want everyone to know what's happening in here. That's why we do baptism. Are you ready? <sighs> Would you take a deep breath with me? Let's, let's take a deep breath. Here we go. Hey, I'm Haley Nyhart. I grew up in a Christian home, learning all about the Bible and the death of Christ. And although I knew it in my mind, it never really clicked in my heart. About a year ago, I thought I could do life without God. I got into drugs and drinking. During that time, I pretty much lost all of who I was and all of my hope. And one day, I took a look around and I realized what I'd become and what I was doing was wrong. And I prayed to God for the first time in a long time. And I asked Him for help out of it. And a couple days later, He took me to Young Life Camp and I learned a lot about who God was and how to be in a relationship with Him. I surrendered my life to Christ that week. Right after that, I hopped on a plane to Honduras, and that completely changed my heart. I came back a whole new person, and I did things that I never thought I would do. He totally blew me away with the experiences I had this summer, what baptism means to me, it symbolizes what God did in my heart this summer and that He really does love me. My name is Christine Jongsan Lee and I was born in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I accepted the Holy Spirit when I was seven years old. My mom has been my greatest support doing Bible study with me every day when I was younger and still is. My journey with God has been a bit unsteady. I would hit a plateau in my growth and passion for God periodically. I wanted to get baptized for many reasons. I wanted to bear testimony to my faith but also signal the new beginning of a passionate desire I have to know more about God, which is partially due to my trip to Honduras, but also as the result of God speaking to me. My name is Brittany Babb, and growing up, my spiritual parents were my grandparents. I went to church with them nearly every week, and my grandma was a huge role model for me. When she died, uh, my grandpa came to live with us, meaning we had to find a church that we all agreed on. My brother kept mentioning a church in a warehouse. My dad grew interested, and on a Good Friday service, we all fell in love with K2. 
and we've been coming ever since. Getting baptized in Honduras was this amazing opportunity. I have learned that God is the most important thing in my life, and when I'm stuck or in a hard place, He will be the one I turn to. Baptism for me was just an amazing opportunity to declare to everyone that God is a love in my life and is very important to me. Hello, my name is Ray, and I made a decision to be rebaptized in Honduras during my mission trip down there. I was baptized as a child and really uh, was being pulled to do this once again. I have no regrets. I really feel that this experience was, again, once in a lifetime. And once I was dipped and came up, I didn't know what to expect. I really felt a renewed energy and more so than anything I've felt since then is an accountability towards my walk. And I really, really feel that so far so good and I'm just trying to do the Lord's work. Hi, my name's William Green and I'm 10 years old. Four years ago, my family moved to Utah for Michigan to help start K2. I was five years old and I accepted Jesus into my heart one night in my bedroom. I knew that he could help me with every situation that I had. My mom and dad taught me that I can trust God and that God loves me always, no matter what I do, no matter what I think, no matter how I treat my brother and sister. Even though I love them a lot, I'm not perfect. I can always know that I am a child of God and that I will live in heaven forever because of what Jesus did on the cross. I wanted my dad and grandpa to baptize me with their friends, the Mershons in Minnesota. I wanted to let people know that I'm a follower of Christ. Church can't save me, friends can't save me, even my mom and dad can't save me, but Jesus did save me for what he did on the cross. And I want to be closer to God. The people who helped me decide to get baptized are the pastors and my parents. I wouldn't have learned about God if, they, if it weren't for them. Hi, I'm Annabelle Rancourt. I'm nine years old and I have been coming to K2 for two years. Before I became a Christian, I was blindfolded from knowing God. Last month I was in Las Vegas and my dad showed me a website about how to become a Christian. I went into my bedroom and asked God to forgive me for all my sins, and then I asked him into my heart. I felt relief after, so now I feel strong inside because Jesus is inside helping me. My name is Taylor Pusey. I was raised in a Christian home. My mom took me to a church almost every Sunday, so I have always loved Jesus. I am so grateful that I have known God all my life. One time I was lost and I prayed Jesus would help me find my family. He kept me safe and led me to them. When I pray, Jesus answers my prayers. I love going to K2. It helps my relationship with God be exciting. I am thankful God is in my life every day. He watches over me and keeps me healthy and safe. When I pray, I ask God to bless my family and friends and say hi to everyone I know that has gone to heaven, even my pets. I love you, Jesus. Hi, I'm Gideon Amiglio. Well, I grew up in a Christian family, but before I got saved, 
but like I would go to a church, memorize a verse, and get a candy bar or something. I got saved when I was seven or eight on Halloween. I asked my mom how cool it would be to go to heaven, and she told me that I can go to heaven and not have to worry about it anymore. So she called my dad into the room, and I got saved then and there. Since I got saved, my life has been much more filling, and I understand what it means to be a Christian. I am Dylan Blosser. Growing up in a Christian home, I have always had a sense that God was there. But within the past six months, God has become so much more real. The thing that made me want to get baptized was the trip I took this summer with my sister and cousins. They all helped me with all the questions I had about God. My name is Kylie Billings. I've always been a follower of God and believed in the Trinity and the Spirit and all that, but never really followed his example. I used to be so mad at him and blame him for all the bad things in my life. Used to think he was never there for me when I needed him, but now I know that all the things that I call bad in my life are he has his reasons for them and I just need to trust him for it. I've decided to give my life to God and to follow him, not because of what everyone else is doing, but because of what I feel in my heart is right to do. And I just want everyone to know that I'm giving my life to God and I'm choosing to follow him. Hi, I'm Lauren. I believe in God all of my life. I was born and raised to be a Christian and go to church and pray every night when I was little, but it always seemed like a hollow act. A couple years ago, I met Haley Nyhart, and I was taught about the concept of digging for truth about your faith. This baptism represents so much more than a person being submerged into a liquid. It's God's love washing over me. It's a bond with my Creator that I now share. Since I've become Christian, things haven't been perfect. My dad has had failing health, there's temptation, and trying to fit in without God, you're pretty much lost, and there's hope within. One of those people that grew up without any type of religion. My mother would talk to me about God, but that is about it. Every once in a while, I would find myself praying. I never knew why I was doing it, I just would. About a year ago, I began coming to K2 with my wife, Danielle. After about a month of going to church, I began to want to know more. So Danielle and I began to study almost every night. I also began praying each day instead of just once in a while. In December of 2006, I prayed, letting God know that all my faith was in Him and that from that day forward, He was first in my life. Ever since that day, my life has changed. I now have the security of my salvation and Heavenly Father for the rest of my life. Hi, my name is Carrie Nelson. Like many others everywhere, I was born and baptized into a church and have great memories of it as a little girl. As I grew older, I found it was harder to fit in, especially as a teenager and a young adult. I felt lost in my church and alone, and yet I never lost my faith in Jesus Christ. As I've gone through a series of rough times, I believe that Jesus has sent me on this path with the help of loving family, friends, and co-workers, and a series of challenging events. I believe with all my heart, He has brought me to this point. He has given me unconditional love, a sense of forgiveness, compassion, and peace, something I haven't felt in a long time. In return, all that He asks of me 
is that I believe he gave his life for me so that I may follow after him. Thank you, Jesus, for being such a strong presence in my life and a source of love for me. Hi, my name is Alex Locke. I've been so blessed to grow up in a solid Christian family, even though it's taken me a long time to accept God's love and grace in my life. Thankfully, my family and friends never pushed me, and I was allowed to embrace God's truth on my own. I've known God was my Savior for some time. The only problem was the barrier between my mind and my heart. I decided to slowly open my heart, but God came crashing in. He broke down my walls by showing me the innocent love of children in Russia. He helped me forgive the pain of my past, and he opened my eyes to the beauty I can see and experience every day. With my mentors and friends, I know I can continue to fall deeper with the lover of my soul. Hi, I'm Kathy. I accepted Christ as my personal savior a few years ago, but wasn't really following him on a regular basis. Shortly after beginning to attend K2 last September, Dave Nelson spoke about the necessity to completely strip down of ourselves and allow God to completely rebuild us. I took this to heart and one night knelt to pray. I asked God to take away my ego and my pride and to rebuild me as he intended me to be. I asked him to lead me to the life that he had planned for me. This past year has been bittersweet, going through a divorce and then the death of two of my brothers. On the bright side, my son, who's my only child, got married as I have also found a new supportive relationship and have become a hospice volunteer. I have found a wonderful church home here at K2 and joined the crash. I have a lifelong best friend who has been instrumental in leading me to Christ. I love the Lord with all my heart and I truly believe now that He is finally in control of my life. He is doing a much better job at it than I was able to do on my own. My name is Kai Willis. Uh, my life before I became a Christian was pretty sad. I had gone to a popular Utah church for most of my life. I gave it up years ago because it wasn't for me. And I had recently gone through a pretty bad divorce, well, a few years ago. And I was pretty down. I was just pretty much done with religion and God and felt like I had been abandoned, so wanted nothing to do with it. Um, my life turned around completely when I met my sweetheart, now fiance, Rain. Uh, while we were dating, I would tell her about my life and uh, my not-so relationship with God and how I'd given up on church and told her I wanted nothing to do with it. And she told me that accepting Christ into my life would be the best thing that could happen to me. And um, I trusted her. And so I did. I accepted Christ, and she was right. My life has completely changed for the better. I have the most amazing woman in the world, uh, my fiance, soon to be married, and my relationship with my kids is better and getting better all the time. Her family is wonderful, and they've accepted me and my kids um, as their own. And so now, looking back, I know that I was never really alone and God's been with me all the time. I just needed somebody to show me and I'm glad she did. Hi, my name is Shana Laris. I'm coming today to give you this testimony. Um, before I became a Christian, my life was very unmanageable and destructive to the relationships with my loved ones and others. In 2002, I came to trust Jesus Christ for my salvation while I was sitting in a cell in a maximum security prison. 
facing a life sentence, it was at this time I realized all the pain and suffering I had caused to the ones I loved, and as well to people I did not even know. At this point, I hit my knees and broke down and cried and asked Jesus to forgive me and to come into my heart. And at that, if I was meant to do a life sentence, I would do it serving Him. Six months later, all the enhancements were dropped off my sentence, and I was to do only five more years. Trusting Jesus Christ for my salvation has affected my life in ways today that I never thought imaginable. Today I love and care about people I don't even know, and I love the person Jesus has made me to be today. I thank Him every day for giving me eternal life. Before He came into my life, I was a very lost soul. Now today I have meaning in my life.